This is A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends, a podcast ministry of Somebody Cares America, being a tangible expression of Christ in a hurting world. In 2015, I published an article entitled The Power of Desperate Prayer. In that article, I quoted a speech by Lou Gertzner, the former CEO of IBM at Harvard Business School in 2002. He said, transformation of an enterprise begins with a sense of crisis or urgency. He goes on to say, no institution will go through fundamental change unless it believes it is in deep trouble and needs to do something different to survive. Now, he was talking in in the context of business and institutions, but I'm also talking about the importance of us recognize the urgency of our times and that there is a place of trouble and distress going on and we need to do something different if we're going to see something change. So today we're living in a very challenging, critical, and volatile time. Every day the news is filled with more human tragedy or some sort of of crises or disaster. Crises are escalating at an unprecedented rate. We cannot afford to put our heads in the sand and pretend everything is okay. We also cannot afford to slip into some depression or sleepwalk through life hoping it will turn out all right on its own. We simply cannot hit our snooze buttons any longer while ignoring the sounding warnings and alarms around us. We must respond. Our offices in Houston, Texas received the following email. Pastor Doug, I know you have connections for people all over. My half-sister notified me that trees have fallen on her mother's house and left a gaping hole in the roof. Her mother is 81 years old and cares for her other daughter who is 62 and disabled. I'm trying to find someone who can fix the roof. They live in Birmingham, Alabama. We read the email and quickly reached out to the Somebody Cares Network. Within moments, we had a connection. A roofing company in Birmingham was willing to assess the situation and make the needed repairs. Somebody Cares is a net that works. We need people like you to help so that we can continue to serve others. If you'd like to join us, visit somebodycares.org, or you can text your donation amount to 805-422-7348. That's 805-4CARE-48. Joel, an ancient prophet, spoke of a wake-up call to a nation in crisis. He pleaded for his nation to gather before God in a great sacred assembly. Their time of great crisis and need called for a corporate response, a response of corporate prayer, repentance, reflection, and renewed consecration before God. They had to recognize they could not save themselves. It would take God's intervention, and for America and other parts of the world, we're in that same state of crisis today. The epic crisis facing our nation and threatening our future demands an epic response. In ancient Israel, when the commander of the Assyrian army threatened Israel with annihilation, King Hezekiah knew he could do nothing to save his nation on his own. Desperate and overwhelmed, he realized their only hope was to seek the Lord in passionate prayer. He took the threatening letters and laid them out before the Lord. He tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and prayed. First, he acknowledged the nation's helplessness by praying, This day is a day of distress and rebuke and disgrace, as when children come to the moment of birth and there is no strength to bring them forth to deliver them. Then Hezekiah declared the greatness of God and petitioned the Lord for help. His prayer proclaimed that God alone is God creator of the heavens and the earth. 
He pleaded that God would open his eyes to see and his ears to hear the threats against the nation and that God would come to their aid. In authentic humility, Hezekiah prayed and God intervened. Actually, today the nations are raging and the whole earth is groaning. Human wisdom and ideologies cannot save us. Our institutions have failed us. A wise king, Solomon, once said this, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But he also said, A merry heart does good like medicine. Many of us are desperate and overwhelmed of heart. We're sick with despair. Our hearts are broken over what we see going on every day in our nation and around the world. Too many people are losing hope and finding themselves in need of strength to move forward. We need to cry out to the Lord for His intervention. We need to realize He is our only hope. He is truly our great Savior. Throughout history, humble and honest leaders have called upon the Lord in authentic repentance and consecration, asking God to hear from heaven and heal their land. Even George Washington, when faced with an impossible situation during the Revolutionary War, commissioned a flag with the words, an appeal to heaven. It was a phrase taken from John Locke's two treaties of government acknowledging that God was our country's only hope. In this day of difficulty and chaos, we need a renewed appeal to heaven once again. It starts with us. In fact, Moses prayed, show me your way that I may know you. The prophet Jeremiah, speaking to the people on behalf of God at a time when his nation was facing great difficulties, reminded them to call out to God so he would show them great and mighty things they did not yet know. He shared with them that God wanted to renew his covenant with his people and restore the nation if they would acknowledge him as Lord. James, one of the early church fathers, said, The effective and fervent prayer of the righteous avails much. Today, more than ever, we need to be a people who pray effectively and passionately. As the late Leonard Ravenhill often said, God doesn't answer prayer. He answers desperate prayer. You see, our private posture with God affects our public influence. Humility before God gives us a right heart. Like in the days of Hezekiah, we are living in an overwhelming, desperate time. As I have traveled the globe, I have come across people from countries like Iran, Indonesia, China, Pakistan, Uganda, Nigeria, India, and many other regions around the world who are praying fervently for the Church of America because they know that if the heart of our nation, which is the church, is awakened, then the soul of the nation will be healed and they too will become the beneficiaries. See, God's intent is that the church would awaken in America, impacting the soul of our nation to be a blessing to the nations of the world. The question is, will we, out of our own desperate situation, come before God in authentic humility, repentance, and consecration? And will He incline His ear to hear our cries and be moved to turn an impossible situation around? Our only hope is an appeal to heaven, coming in humility before the living God, pleading for His intervention on behalf of our nation and the world. If we come out of desperation, and not with religious incantations and shallow platitudes, I believe God can hear from heaven and heal our land. Only He can heal the soul of our nation as He reconfirms His covenant and restores our foundations through relationship with His people. I really believe that God is calling many of us out of that place of desperate prayer, out of our own personal desperation. You know, it's not just a corporate context. I know I go through times where I am brought to my knees and I'm crying out to God in desperation, say, God, I need your intervention. 
My hope is not in man. My hope is not in institutions of men. My hope is not in the things of the world. My hope is in you, Lord. You are my shalom. You are my provider. You're my peace. You're my healer. You're my protector. You're my everything. Every morning, I have to keep coming before the Lord in my prayer time. Say, Lord, there's nothing without you. I'm nothing without you. You are everything, Lord. But I also know, that, Lord, you are my provider, and you are the master of breakthroughs. You're the one who breaks through every situation that seems impossible. And when I think of even Hannah, in her desperate, humanly impossible circumstance, and when she went into the tabernacle of Shiloh, she cried out to God in human impossibility, and out of her desperation, God heard her prayers. And in faith, she received a word from the prophet, from the, from the priest Eli, who spoke to her and said, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you the petition that you've asked of him today. And I think about the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm reminded that if God can do those things for Hannah, and God could do the things he's done throughout history, and God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever, he can do the same thing for you and me today. There's nothing difficult with God. Every story is different, but all of our stories have a common bond through the work of the cross and the power of the resurrection. As I come before the Lord in many times where I realize I can do nothing without Him, I'm nothing without Him, I need His intervention. And on behalf of all those I pray for every day and every prayer request that comes across my desk or on my emails or text messages or voice messages, I realize a lot of people are going through desperate times. And then you compound that with the corporate context of the world in which we live. There's a battle for the soul of a generation. But I do know this, Jesus is still on the throne He's still the King of kings and Lord of lords. He's still on the throne of his church. He's still the head of his church. And when we come before him in humility and honesty and authenticity before him, God can do a work in us and through us if we humble ourselves before him. And he can do what only he can do. Institutions cannot help us. Man cannot help us. But God, who is the Lord of all, can intervene on our behalf and show us great and mighty things that we do not even yet know. That's what he said to to the nation of Israel in Jeremiah chapter 33, the context of a a nation in difficulty, a a nation or a church in in some regards, a church that had lost its first heart. And God was speaking through Jeremiah in Jeremiah 33.3 in the midst of all that. And he says, ask of me and I will hear from heaven and I will show you great and mighty things you do not yet know. Would you pray with me now? Lord, we need you today. Individually, people listening, I need you, Lord. In our desperate circumstances, whatever it may be, in our marriages, our our families, our relationships, our finances, our job search, whatever it may be, God, and then the larger context of what's happening in a whole generation and in our nation. God, we need your intervention. Awaken our heart. Awaken the heart of the church and awaken us in a way that we can see the healing of God in the soul of a nation and in the soul of our world in this generation. God, we need your intervention. We need you, for you're our hope. Our only hope is in you, the hope of glory, Christ in us. Lord, we bless you. We thank you. And Lord, for all those listening today, would you intervene on their behalf? Would you give them the Father's embrace by which they have bold access into your presence? And would you give them that sense of assurance, just like with Hannah? She came into the tabernacle of Shiloh sad, She received a word, and she left with expectation of gladness, and you did what only you can do out of human impossibility. You gave her a birth of a new son in Samuel, who became a new generation of righteous judge and prophet to his generation. God, we need righteousness in the land, 
and we need your intervention. So I know out of the most humanly difficult circumstances, you're about to do something incredible in and through your people. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.